0: love talk radio get together
1: To hit rock bottom, overwhelmed, down and out, couldn't see for my problem But internally, I knew things would get better. Then give up or give in when I face stormy
2: weather.
1: I can finally see that the sun is shining. I made it to the top because I kept on climbing. My life, I celebrate. Went from being good to great. I made it to the top. Now. I'm I got lost in the process and some people I hurt and I wrong with my
2: mess
1: might have felt and seen that though I was heartless I relearned who I am and I moved out of darkness Ooh. Cause the life is done So, so this the time is up 'cause we are bound to have fun.
3: out
4: there who, who've been in the struggle, who've hit rock bottom, you might have even felt like you're going to lose.
5: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Be Lifestyle Radio. I am your host, Letitia Dorsey-Magaha, Certified Life Coach, and I welcome you to my show today. It's Wednesday, October the 25th. It's 9.02 p.m. If you're listening tonight and you want to discuss a particular topic in the future, drop me a message in the chat or reach out to me on Facebook and or Instagram at BecomingExcellentB or email me at becomingexcellentB.com. Um, you looking to improve your life? If you're having relationship problems, questions? uh reach out to me. I have years of experience in untangling messy situations and I would love to help you. So reach out to me. I want to welcome my partners in crime. Um I got DJ Sean. What's up? How you doing? I'm doing
6: good. When when you come on are you reading are you reading from a cue card or something? A cue it,
5: card.
6: Yeah. So well, that's I'll be. I'll, be, I'll be. here laughing because I'll be like, "She reading from a card."
5: <laughs> let me tell you, let me, I'll be honest with you. I am. I, I write it down so I could, okay. um, so I could be real clear and I don't miss anything. So yeah, I, I write. Bigger. I write everything down. Um, I'm
6: not. How, I'm just. I'm just laughing with you. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm just waiting. You know, your show's awesome. I'm glad that we were able to bring you on board and. Just keep doing your thing and I love what you do.
5: Love I I appreciate do. it. I I really, 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 really appreciate it. Um, you and and Robin, you guys have it, it's this is a highlight of my whole entire week. It is. Um tonight we are we have some special guests in the house tonight. Um I have two special guests. And they're going to come on and talk about their experiences. I call tonight's show "Back from the Dead," and I picked um, that topic because in a couple days it's going to be um, going to be Halloween. So, Uh-oh.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> so we have. Um,
2: um, <laughs>
7: heroin
5: stories tonight that i want to share with you guys but um before we get into that i really wanted to before we get there i'm waiting for my other partner in crime uh antonio Magaha, to get on i think he's occupied right now but he's going to get on get on in a minute i want to play a song for you guys from the beginning that i got a hold of a new artist a couple days ago and I this guy is from the out of the UK and his name is L. L. Mian have you heard of him Sean
6: no I haven't
5: well I'm going to play I'm going to play one of his songs and before we get started and you let me know what you guys think about this guy all right let's go all right all right All right, that was El Mean from the UK. This guy is 21 years old, and mm. like he, he's when I tell you he's got some cuts. He's got some cuts. My other co-host, Antonio Magaha, how are you? I'm
3: doing well. I'm doing well. Hello, can All you? Right. Yeah, we can hear you. Wait,
5: wait. Okay.
6: How's hey, you right? must, must having a bad day because that's not your energy. Your energy is like <laughs> huh? uplifting, jolly. You know, man. Come on, man. I know it's near yeah, Halloween.
2: It's, it's,
3: <laughs> yeah, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a long couple of the last two days. So I'm, I'm, yeah, but I'm gonna get, I'm, I'm picking my energy up though. But I'm good. I'm oh. good. glad to be here.
5: Glad to be here. Yeah. All well, right. we are glad to have you, especially tonight. We have two special guests. Um. Let's see, hold on, let me patch them in so they can introduce themselves, my first special guest, Mike, are you there?
3: Yes, yes, I'm here, I'm here.
5: Now Mike, you're already a, um, you are one of the um, all-stars, right, one of the the hilltop?
3: Yes, that's true, yes ma'am. Hill top, and
5: Hilltop Hill All Stars, I was on the show uh, a few weeks ago. It's know, maybe it's been a month ago, and you were telling a story. You were letting us. You were telling us a story about how you died. Is that correct? Yeah. And so That's I true. asked you if you would come back and give us your whole story. So are you um, are you ready? Ready to talk to us tonight? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. And our other <laughs> guest, Tanya Taylor, are you there? Hello? Tanya? Okay. Well, she maybe she's going to... She'll get back on. While we're um, waiting for her, Mike, give us... <sighs> Give us your from and give us your story.
7: Let me just. How do I dial in, Ray?
4: Aren't you already dialed in?
7: I can do it by phone number too.
4: Okay, do it by phone number. Just type in the number.
5: Hello. Yes. I'm cut.
0: Tanya.
6: Mike's talking.
5: Mike, are you there?
3: Yes,
7: yes, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here.
5: Okay, so we're Um, so tell us where you're from and what is your I, back from the dead story.
3: I am from Shreveport, Louisiana. Shreveport, that's the top of the boot. Top of the boot. Uh, my story is. I mean, man, there's so many parts to it. But my story is basically, uh, I'm I'm also an entertainer. I'm an artist, and uh, was coming home from a show. It what led, and and not to throw anybody under the under the bus, as they say, what led to the setup of what happened to me. The the promoters did not get our hotel rooms. For the show we were doing, and uh, we were opening for a uh, bigger act, I, I said, Charlie, we were opening for Charlie Boy. And uh, so the town we was in, we already had to drive to the next town to get hotel rooms anyway. Well, and the like I like, hey, so what's, what's going on with the rooms? Because, you know, hey, we going to go ahead and back. Because we had to drop my partner off at the airport that morning, and then we hit the road coming back. uh, He said, oh, man, I forgot to get the room, uh, but it's at this hotel. So, of course, we go there, and we see the big sign, no vacancies. Oh. So we drive around to about four different hotels. Nobody had no vacancies. So we tried. We were going to do the soldier thing. We said, well, hey. We, uh, we saw Denny's was coming up, Denny's 24 hours. We were like, well, you know what? Go to Denny's. We'll camaraderie talk about things, get a buttload of coffee, eat mucho pancakes, uh, whatever. Is. Our heart at that I was just, you know, for energy to stay up. And so we, uh, of course, we did. Now we left Denny's at 6 because we had to drop my partner off at the airport for uh, 7. And of course, made it there. So uh, dropped him off, so I walk him in. Like, hey, he's headed back to Minnesota now. when we touch down uh, at our home. So get back in the car, and I made me. We made one more stop at Starbucks. I'm like, hey, hey, let's get this, let's get this extra shot of whatever in the coffee to you know sustain. And I, I remember we were in my vehicle or at the time, my wife's vehicle. And I was like, Well man, I I'll I go ahead and get like, no nah, man, you performed I nah, might you he said, I'll just let you how about you sleep and uh I'll drive the first leg. And I'm like, nah, man, I'm I'm good, like I I can do it I can do I can do two hours right now. He's like, No nah, man, you, you like really y'all did your thing last night. So I'm like, Okay. So I say, okay and, you know, I called, you know, uh and my wife know I was getting ready to, hey, we're getting ready to head back. I told her what had happened. I said, but I said, hey, uh, my friend's going to start off. And I, uh, I said, in fact, we we're ready to switch off and wake me up. And I call you. So, you know, you know, for me to drive when I was going to drive, I could talk to somebody and let them sleep. So I hung up the phone, but what had happened was when I went to put back on my seatbelt, I fell asleep putting on my seatbelt. Wow. And like I, I can tell you things. I remember grabbing it, and as I went over, I fell asleep. So of course I never wow. got a seatbelt on. Wow. And y'all, I was out. <laughs> I was out, out. Like I was in a grade A sleep, passenger seat seat. I, like I said, it's my vehicle, my wife's vehicle, so I'm used to riding in it. So. I know where to, you know, how to tilt the chill just right to where I can I Z out. And so uh I was awakened by like four bumps just doom, 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 doom. And now I don't think I woke, woke immediately up but that's what, you know, kinda got me and so as I opened my eyes I see this diesel in front of us. Mm-hmm. and I'm looking at my friend, and I look at, the, we have another friend in the back, and the one in the back, you know how in between, because we at a truck, he had kind of, like, was laid on the, uh what's the thing, the console in the middle. I guess is how he got thrown around, but he ended up on a console, and he had a little scratch on his head, I'm like, oh, man. But I'm still, I'm still kind of out of it. And I'm looking so y'all had had the
5: accident? Yeah, we it's had So you didn't even, you slept through the accident?
3: I slept through the accident. Wow. And okay. It, it's stuff I didn't, it's stuff like if I was, I looked, I saw, like for instance, I could tell you, I saw that it looked like something had went, tried to go through the front windshield. Mm. But, because the imprint of it going outward was there, but... You know, my airbag was deployed. The middle console up where I was at was broken. But I'm mm. like, I, I noticed this, but so the uh, the 18-wheeler hit actually where well, what what I was told at the time that the 18-wheeler crossed crossed into our lane and we ended up the passenger side of my truck ended up going some kind of way under his tire. Wow. So like the whole front side of the passenger side of the truck was smushed down, and that uh, it kind of popped my door, not open, but you know it was like it was open. So as as the driver, he like tended to my the one in the back because like I so you seen the cut on him, and like he he's like like script these sides. I'm like no no no. So I I on my own strength. I pushed open the door. I walked out. I'm looking at the truck. I'm not, I am ain't going to lie. The first thing I said, i looked at the truck and said, oh, my God, my wife's going to kill me. Oh, she's <laughs> going to kill me. <laughs> uh, so I'm already dealing with that blast. <laughs> I'm going to explain the truck got hit. Like I so said, I'm looking at the diesel. I'm looking at the truck. I'm like, oh, that was on my side. So I walked to the back of the truck. And I'm uh, looking at them, and I'm like, "Hey man, hey man, we're gonna be all right. Yeah, we all right at this mm-hmm. time, not knowing anything. I'm just like, I'm there, you know, right? And, like I said, my partner square He like, uh, oh. I'm like, man, it's gonna be all right. So the ambulance is already coming up the street, which I found out later, we actually it was ten minutes before we started moving around had passed. We didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know it, so. When the ambulance comes, pulls up on the side, and they had to let them out. They had to hop over the medium for the ambulance to go down and drive back around and come up. And so I'm like, hey, man, it's fine. And they're here. Hey, they're hopping over the medium, guys. did good. And not paying attention to this older lady who was looking at me the whole time. And I you know how you see somebody looking at you but you like, Why she looking at me? I didn't know. She was looking at me the whole time and when it didn't done on me until they ran past the both of them and ran straight to me. Sir, are you all right? Are you all right? I was looking like, Wait, I'm hurt? I'm like, Mm. I'm not hurt. I said, Wait, I'm hurt and when I said it that last time blood started running down my head. Mm. So the 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 indent in the window was my head.
5: Wow.
3: That that's the first thing. Wow. And what happened when I hit the windshield? And I, I'll say this: Well, I'm gonna believe, if I didn't believe after what all happened, I'm explaining next. I believe. So as my head was was out of flew out of my front window, the airbag busted up and hit me in my chest. Mm-hmm. Now, when it hit me in my chest, it... My lung was punctured, but I wow. fell back on it. Not it hit me so hard it knocked me into the console. I broke the console with my ribs, which I think that's when I say the puncture happened. So wow. now, but so the four bumps I felt was actually me. Boom, 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 boom. The last one was me hitting the console and I broke the console. Wow. So I'm like I said I'm sitting there and like sir I'm going to shot I'm like I'm not I'm not. Like, I'm hurt, and I kept, like, saying I'm hurt. Like, I can't believe I'm hurt, because I'm looking at them, when nothing really wrong with them, and I'm like, (laughs) I'm bleeding, and now I'm I'm hurt. So they put me on the journey, and, of course, I'm sitting up. I felt the tinge in my ribs, but I was like, "Mm, okay, well, okay, I'm I'm hurt. And I kept kept saying I'm hurt, so they rolled me to the ambulance, and as they rode me to the ambulance, they laid me down, to push me in so they could book me in when they laid me down. I looked and said, wait a minute, hey, hey, sit me up. Like sit me up. And I like, we gotta book you in. I said, no, sit me up right now. Like, no, something wrong, sit me up. And I said, Oh no And I coded right then. Wow. Now the the story of from there to there I coded three times from to the hospital. Wow. The third time at the hospital. They couldn't. They couldn't bring me back.
5: So you were gone. And so you was, was you gone. was gone. You was all was the way
3: gone. gone. I was all the way gone. And of course, I, I can't tell y'all. I, I don't remember no time they brought me back. So to me, once I said, "Oh no," and I tell y'all where where I was. I was like, I honestly, I, I said, "So God, like this." I mean, I was shocked but I guess mentally I'm like like this. So like, your calm. brain
5: your brain was there. Your your thoughts My brain were there. Was there. Mm.
3: Yeah, I'm like like this.
6: The body was the was somewhere else. Yeah.
3: I was like, huh. And I'll tell y'all, you know, I I I did it, it to answer the question, do you they say when you die, your whole life flashes. What was scary yeah. to me that it wasn't that it was my whole life; it was the things, the things I had done wrong.
5: So you mm-hmm. saw those. So
3: I was seeing, I saw everything that I had done wrong. Mm-hmm. But uh, as I'm seeing that, uh, I hear a prayer. I hear, I hear a voice. I hear a prayer, and it was my grandmother. My grandmother's past. My grandmother's passed since 2012,
7: and wow. I
3: heard a prayer. Now, the thing about the prayer which caught my attention, it's the prayer I heard when I was a wild child. So we'll, we, we <laughs> teenager, typical teenager, wild teenager. So one night when I was 16, I came in the house and my grandmother was praying, praying that God would over me, and it was that prayer. I heard that prayer that prayer where I was wow. right then.
5: So let me ask you a question. Let let me pause okay. for a minute. So yeah, you I got one after you, yeah. yeah. So here you are. You are you seeing these can you see yourself? Or you just see seeing, seeing the, 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 the um the images of the things?
3: I just saw the images. That's what lit up everything like the images. like a
5: movie screen.
3: Yeah, like a movie, but it
5: like I said, what I did, what I didn't like, and I tell y'all, I, I saw the wrong. I, I was like, man. Mm-hmm. Sean, what, what, what? what yeah,
6: you that was, um, add? I know you, I know you told me this story before. So, you were sleeping, the tra the trailer guy fell asleep too, and y'all just having the meat at each other. was so, it like that way?
3: What truthfully happened was my friend fell asleep behind the wheel. Oh, okay. Hmm. And when he woke up, he woke up as he was going, was driving directly, with have drove directly, the front end would have hit the back of the diesel. He corrected himself and turned to my side. Mm.
5: So, okay, so like all, all the coffee didn't, none of that coffee, ooh, boy.
3: So, I had a question, as you okay. were seeing um all the stuff that you had done wrong, well, like what was the feeling like that you had when you were seeing these
1: these, these
3: pictures i I was these? feeling very very bad because I was getting an indication of I started to think where I knew I may be editing mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: wow, and wow, so like I said it's at that time, as I'm seeing. And at the end, so my my wife was pregnant, and I was like, "Wow, I'm not going to get to see my daughter." Right? Like, mm-hmm. Huh? I I tell y'all, mm-hmm. as she's praying, and I saw a picture of a of a child
5: born in this place you wherever and, you were.
3: Well, yeah, I, I saw I saw the picture because that's what I was thinking. I went and I saw a clear. Day picture and I was like, Well I guess that's me seeing me being granted the vision to see what my daughter mm-hmm. would look like. But like I said, I'm hearing his prayer. Wow. and as clear as I walked in however many years ago without giving up my age, however many years ago when I was sixteen, my grandma was like, Lord, no, you said you'll watch out for he said, you'll always be by his side. She said, you'll protect him, Lord. Lord, she said, you'll protect him. Keep him safe. you keep him safe. He said, it's not his time yet, Lord. Not yet. Not yet, Lord. Mm. And then when he went to say the last part, a voice said with her, not yet. And I opened my eyes. Mm. And not knowing what was going on, I just opened my eyes. At mm. When her voice and another voice said with her, not yet. And I woke up. Mm.
5: Wow. Listen, you guys are listening to B Radio Lifestyle Radio. I'm your host, Letitia Dorsey-Magaha. If you want to call in, our guest number is 516-453-9110. Again, 516-453-9110. If you're calling from a T-Mobile phone, give us a call at 971-379-9537. And – we're going to come right back uh, to hear the, uh, obviously, the good, the good end to, to Mike's story. We'll be right back.
4: I sit alone in my four-cornered room staring at candles. Oh, that shit is on? Let me drop some shit like this here. At night, I can't sleep. I toss and turn candlesticks in the dark. Bitches, of body's being burned. Four walls just staring at a nigga I'm paranoid sleeping with my finger on the trigger My mother's always stressing I ain't living right But I ain't going out without a fight See, every time my eyes close, I start sweating And blood starts coming out my nose It's somebody watching the act But I don't know who it is, so I'm watching my back I can see him when I'm deep in the covers When I awake, I don't see the motherfucker He owns a black hat like I own a black suit and a cane like my own some might say take a chill b but fuck that shit there's a nigga trying to kill me i'm popping in the clip when the wind blows every 20 seconds got me peeping out my window investigating a joint for traps taking my telephone check i'm staring at the woman on the corner it's fucked up when your mind's playing tricks on ya. I make big money, I drive big cars, everybody know me. It's like I'm a movie star, but late at night, something ain't right. I feel I'm being tell by the same sucker's headlights. it that move that I ran off the block. Or is it that nigga last week that I shot? Or is it the one I beat for $5,000? Thought he had cane, but it was gold, a flower. He's under my seat, grab my papa for the suckers. Ain't no use in the line, I was scared of a motherfucker. Put the left in the Popeye's and burn that quick. If it's going down, let's get this shit over with. Then they come, just like I figured. I got my hand on the motherfucking trigger. When I saw them, make your ass start giggling. Three blind cripple and crazy senior citizens. I live by the swamp I take my boys everywhere I go because I'm paranoid. I keep looking over my shoulder and peeping around corners. My mind is playing tricks on me. So we triple teamed on him, dropping them motherfucking bees on him The more I swung, the more blood flew, then he disappeared and my boys disappeared too Then I felt just like a fiend, it wasn't even close to Halloween It was dark as fuck on the street. my hands were all bloody, but punching on the concrete God damn homie, my mind is playing tricks
0: on me
5: That was the Ghetto Boys. My mind is playing tricks on me. That's old school right there. That old school, classic Ghetto Boys. My mind is, that was some of the scariest. That was one of the scariest songs. When it came out, I thought. All right, Uh Mike. Ma'am. Yes, yes. Here you are. You can hear your grandma praying. You saw the picture of your daughter. You just got finished seeing all of your sins go across the the screen. The second voice comes in and says, not yet. What happened next?
3: Uh, Like I said, then I woke up.
5: I woke up. So, when did you remember all these things? When did you realize that you you were dead? I think I realized it
3: because I was, even when I woke up, I still was like in a, a state of shock. Because I, I remember what I just, I remember seeing what I had just saw. Mm. Now, that I remember is plain as day, but... I guess I wasn't capturing what had just went on, what I just went through.
2: Mm.
5: So when did it really hit you, though? When did it, like, really, really hit you that you had a near-death experience or back-to-life experience?
3: It it hit me eight days later because even though I had woke up, uh, I had went. I don't know if to say. I fell into. I fell back out of the coma, but I was in ICU unconscious for a week. After that.
5: Oh wow. Wow. And when
3: I finally, I think the the replay of the not yet. I kept hearing. The whole time I kept hearing not yet, just each day, and then finally, like I said, I woke up. And I guess so, you know, for shock for reasons of they had me strapped strapped to the bed because I guess with all the wires and stuff that was connected to me they didn't want nothing to uh me to snatch nothing out. And I, my wife was there so when I, I woke up and realized you know, I and I'm looking at <laughs> these wires and everything and I'm like, Oh, what? Oh. Uh and, you know, wife came over there, and she said, hey, the y'all, like, he ain't going to pull his, his arm, just let his arm out because he's just trying to. Which I was just getting a feel for back moving, and okay. Okay. And then it, I, it was plainly what had happened, but I didn't know. Like I said, the last time that I remember anything, the extent of it was just me in the back of an ambulance really saying, oh, no. So I'm seeing the aftermath of everything. And then, so I was like, no, thank you, God. That's, that's like, thank you, God. I I didn't, I didn't have to worry about no wires. Didn't, you didn't have to worry about nothing, because I still just laid steel. Like, I moved my arms, because I, I felt, I don't know, I felt my arms were being captive. But that's the only thing I really just moved just my arm. I just, you know, I just slowly looked around the room, just kept looking around the room. Because for some reason, and, and I, I'll i tell you this, I even doubted for a second then, because I don't know why, when I woke up, I felt like I was someplace like, like the room had a Oriental, like I was in China type feel, but I, I just kept looking. And so two days later from that, I kind of realized I wasn't in that i was just it was a nice room I was in, but it wasn't that, so I was wondering what that was about
5: about oh uh, what what made it seem oriental
3: just for some reason it seems like everybody was dressed like the nurses that were dressed like they in, was in China, but I had and now I don't know sean if I ever tell you this there was this uh this certain one, she was a redhead, High redhead, and so they had to. Of course, cause they had to the in my neck. They had to suck, you know, the whatever the, the buildup out of my throat, so I, you know, to make sure I could breathe. Mm. And weirdly, y'all, whatever, if you want to say it was a piece of purgatory, I don't know, but I felt when this woman can't get the thing. She tried to put it all the way down my throat to where I couldn't breathe. And it wow. kind of, like, it, it, it scared me. Like, I was scared. I, I, that's, I have never just felt a fear. I had a fear. And, like, when I, like I said, two days after that, and I dealt with that, I I couldn't talk, so I couldn't, I couldn't talk and I couldn't write because, like I said, out of all this, it, that those days that had passed, I hadn't used my hands, so... I didn't know how to express myself to my wife to anybody else because I'm like, wait a minute, this don't even look like. Okay, what was that? And so I remember when I could finally talk, I asked my wife, I'm like, "Where's the red nurse?" She said, "Redhead." I'm like, "Yeah, the redhead." I, I remember she tried to choke me with with the the, uh, wow. the tooth thing. She like she like Ross well uh, uh, Mike that you didn't have a redhead. She said the closest thing to a redhead and the girl said it was her. And that was just somebody had some red highlights. I'm like, no, that's not her. There was clearly a woman and I mean I got angry, like I was almost angry, like there was a redhead woman, so I then figured oh so I guess somebody tried to come back and finish.
5: What had happened? What what had happened? So you feel I mean, like this is spiritual a spiritual assassination was trying to go down. I did. So so Mm.
6: did you have a, did you have a, you, you must have the highest grade of a concussion.
3: Well, I, see, that's the, I I guess I did, because I still, like, I just now got all of my medical records, like, uh, last year. I finally got everything, and I was like, that was everything from the wreck and everything. I, I was like, and I'm like, wait, all this was me in the hospital? I'm like, and down there? And, like I said, uh, you if you see my head now, you, you can't tell that my head went through uh, imprinted, indented a windshield that hard.
2: Wow. Compared
3: to when I was in there, you seen the cuts where my forehead was all cut up and everything. But now you look at me and you can't tell. You couldn't tell.
5: All right. We have a, um, a caller, 478 caller. State your name and what's your question? Hey, this is Marquita Sands. Hey, Marquita. So I have a question. So, I, hey, so I've I've listened to different like people who've had near death experiences, and I was just wondering, like afterwards, did you have any kind of change or um, increase in kind of spiritual senses or any kind of like frequency change, like in your soul spirit? Does that make sense? For well, me. Maybe-
3: since it does for me, since that uh, I I used to be a, per, a person that I, I'd say uh, I could tolerate any and everybody, no matter how they was. If you could be the most evilest be on this planet, and hey, I'll accept you for who you are. To to now, like my spirit discernment, I, I can't I can't hang around certain energies. I can't certain people. I feel upfront mm-hmm. if I meet somebody new, I feel off of them right up front and like, mm. hey, uh, yeah, nah, mm. you know, because yeah. there, there, there was that of what happened, and then there was a the change of everything that happened yeah. in my life after because, to me, a lot had to be shown to me, a lot of people and things were exposed,
2: mm. and I started
3: meeting people that were really meant to be in my life. Mm. I. e. and I say this right now, one person is DJ Sean.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. It, it
3: It it changed. It, it changed. Like I said, yeah. I, I can tell y'all I was from the life of the party guy to you know, push away from everything that just ain't just ain't really meant Nick. or for me.
5: So, do you think that um, that severe? It took that severe of a situation to ch- to like totally change your whole life, then, huh?
3: One hundred percent, yes. And I would t- and why I would tell you that for years before my grandmother passed and my aunt passed last year. My grandmother would telling me for years, son, you need to slow down. Son, you need to slow mm-hmm. down. You you always on the go. You 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 you, you every day you pushing yourself. You go out <laughs> to do this, you go out
2: That's to
6: do that. not
3: like me telling you the same damn <laughs> thing. You, exactly. <laughs> and, and when you told me that, I realized you heard this before. Hmm. What What was your end result? And it, it was my aunt and my grandmother before this happened, they said, hey, it, they said the warning is it, it's better you slow down before you hear it. Humble yourself before you have to be humble. Mm. I was. Yep. I had to be humble Wow and I had to run into something that I couldn't get up and just ah, Couldn't shake it up So for me, yeah, 100% it changed me
6: Man, used just make me mad, boy I said, man, if you don't slow the hell down and sit your ass down somewhere. <laughs> I'm like, this would make me mad, boy. It's, I you know no conflict, Breathe, breathe. It ain't going nowhere. Most of it was music. And I was like, bro, music ain't going nowhere. I got you. Mm. Relax, chill. Chill out. <laughs> he enjoy, yeah.
5: enjoy, Hey, Chung. He came out of a coma wanting to do music. That's the first thing he talked to me. Man,
3: I, mean, I got this song.
5: Like, right, dude, you just come out of the wow.
3: phone when you
5: talk about doing a song. Is this Scrap? Yes, it is. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Thanks for joining our I'm show. Blessed. Yes, ma'am, definitely. All right, so what would you um, – we're going to take a little break in a second. What would you say, what is the most – what can you give our listeners, like, out of all of this, This major experience, um, Mike, what would you say to our listeners um, that could possibly change their life before they have to go through an experience like this? And uh, we're going to come back with part two and our uh, second guest in a minute. But what would you give to our listening audience? What did you get and what can you give out of this experience?
3: For me, it is... It was. I would tell anybody when when you're getting the signs of to, to slow down because sometimes pride pride, that lifestyle it, it takes over who you are completely. The, mm-hmm. the child I was raised to be, the man I was raised to be for the mm-hmm. lifestyle and the things I fell into, I turned my back to everything that I was taught. And I'm going to say this here with my grandmother it wasn't an indoctrination, it was a you're gonna you we're gonna live by study to show that self approval we're gonna go beyond just reading this we're gonna study we're gonna go in back we're gonna so when I say I turned away from all that hmm. that I had to be humble one thing I tell hmm. anybody humble yourself before you have to be humble because when he has to humble you you're not gonna like how he does it it's gonna hurt it <laughs> it's really gonna hurt Painfully so
5: Wow Wow so, Well I, I want to thank you for, Oh go ahead I'm sorry
3: And just don't be afraid To not go with the crowd it, it, It's I, I I can honestly say now it, It's okay If it's you If it's just you If it's just one You don't have to fall in I, I don't I no more have to fit in To fall in mm. I, I don't, mm. I don't, I don't need it. You, you don't need it. Who's ever listening? You don't need it. If they're pulling you all kinds of ways to go do this and go do that, and one thing I, I, scrap her to attest to this, y'all. If I tell you before this, I could tell you about the night I was trying to go do some stuff I shouldn't been doing, living a wild lifestyle, and end up having a heart attack in Walmart. And Wait a, it, a minute. Days later, we're right back to doing the same thing. This is this you. This is for the wreck.
5: Oh. oh. So Before you had got you got you had got a knock on the door and you didn't answer it the first time. I'd right, me. he peep
6: he peeped out the blind like a crackhead. That's what it was happening.
3: <laughs> uh, yep. I trip all y'all out. Was trip. Them out. And that's when Grandma told me God was with me then. See, so "You don't realize how God has really been looking at you." My numbers when they came and got me out of Walmart when they said I should have been dead, I was four hundred over two hundred and ninety nine. I should have wow. died in Walmart's bathroom.
5: Man, wow. before we go to before we go to a little break, I, I just have one more question. Do obviously you have a major purpose in this earth. Do you feel like you have fulfilled it yet or are you close to it? Have you figured it out or
3: what? I, I figured it out. I figured it out because I what what pushed me So while I just see it, the message I see it years, years ago, I was called to do something and I ran from it. Not only did I run from it, I tried to do everything not to be that person. So years later, and I'll just say this to sum this up. So years later and down, my music name became Script the Messenger. Because it's always about the message. Even whatever song I do, it's the message that idea i want you to catch the message
5: antonio you Just can uh identify with that can't you
6: very much so
5: message in the music all right thank you thank you mike that was a whew, a riveting story and i thank you for um being on my show tonight um i will have you back again to talk some more about your purpose and how this um how this situation has affected your future um, at another time, if you don't mind. Not a problem at all, not at all. All right, we're going to take a music break. And if you want to call in, our next half is going to be just as riveting. Uh, Our next guest, 516-453-9110. That's 516-453-9110. And if you're calling in from a T-Mobile no- number, 971-379-9537. Michael Jackson's Thriller. Does anybody anybody remember when um that came out? Uh, I think I was I'm not going to tell y'all cuz I'll be dating myself. But MTV was the um was everything. It was the only thing that we had MTV at the time. So All right, we want to uh once again thank Mike um for his amazing story. Um, Mike, where can anybody reach you if they want to, they might want you to come out and tell your story somewhere? Where can somebody reach you?
3: Uh, as I always say here on the Hilltop Radio, uh, any night Hilltop phone, I'm on, but mostly uh, at It's UNG Music. I T S U N G M U S I C that's all social media. It's ungmusic music at gmail dot com is my personal email or leave a message at newungmusic.com. music dot com.
5: All right. All right. Our next guest has a different story. Scary nonetheless back from the dead Tanya Taylor are you on Hello I see her in the queue Can you hear me Let's see hold on a second Tanya, are you there? Okay. Well she must she's getting it together. Um, anybody else on our on our line right now? Um Antonio, scrap, any of you guys have any brushes with death coming back? Sean?
6: Only when I was stabbed, I mean, that wasn't where I was praying to God that it, you know, that it didn't get, wasn't it worse than what it was, you know, stabbed in the neck.
5: Stabbed in the neck.
6: Yeah, stabbed wow. in the neck, in the ear, and six more times in the back.
5: Yeah. Ooh. Wow. Literally wow. stabbed in the back, huh?
6: Yep, six times. And then I was able to reach around and... Uh, pulled a knife out of my back She took off running I ran after her Didn't see where she went Came back in Went to the bathroom I was The doctors and them say I was in shock For a long time Went to the sort of light like night Sort of light like Went to the bathroom Went in the bathroom Looked at my neck I said damn you know, My neck's sitting wide open Ear hanging Ooh. by the lobe Oh my god so um, I go in the room, put a hoodie on, take the hoodie part, stuff it in my neck, drove myself to the hospital, got oh. to the hospital. Uh, first thing I looked up, I saw was um, uh, a state trooper. Yelled out to him. He ran over, and then when he ran over, that's when I passed out, and I didn't wake up for two days later. Two days later, I woke up. I was in the um, I see you. You know, uh, my I remember my my old head being um, uh, taped up and bandaged up because they had to bring in a plastic surgeon to put my ear back on. Oh
5: to, you know, my test. god!
6: Yeah, I went through hell, so I I know exactly. It it, it wasn't deep like Mike's, but I remember laying there saying damn, I'm not going to see my daughter no more. You know what I mean? I'm thinking that.
2: Aww.
6: Yeah. Because my daughter was, my oldest daughter was two at the time. Yeah, two years old. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so, so men do have domestic violence stories, but men just don't come out and tell them, you know, and tell oh, their yeah. stories.
2: Yeah. Mm.
6: I came out and started telling my story. and, and yeah, I went around for about a year and a half. Went to different men' function churches and stuff, and gave my testimony on you are not being, mm. you know, men. We we think we're, we're too macho and stuff like that. That's how I was.
2: Mm. But it
6: took a it took a domestic violence show that I did on on Hilltop, and I had all these women on here talking about what they went through, and you know how you know someone wasn't able here, and then that was Hello? like. That was the night. Oh. Uh, our guest is here, so yeah, okay. she, go ahead. Yeah.
5: Okay. Wow. Okay. Our guest wow. is here. We're gonna have yeah. to uh, put a pin in that uh, DJ Sean. You you can get we're gonna we're gonna get you a, a night to tell your story. A whole you you that's we've heard it. I've heard it, but just a a dedicated night for a dedicated show for men and domestic violence because um, that's it's really important. It's Mm -hmm. it's really important. Oh, yeah. All right. Welcome back to the Lifestyle Radio. Uh, I think our guest, Tanya Taylor,
7: are you there? I am. Can you guys hear me? We can hear you very well now. Oh, thank you. Oh, my gosh. You know I'm not really good technologically, but my son is helping me. I apologize. I definitely apologize.
2: What a story.
7: What a story from the other gentleman! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh wow! Okay, I'm here. You're here. So, uh, tell yeah. us a little
5: bit about yourself, and let's. Um, we are in round two, second half of our show. Be Lifestyle Radio. I'm your host, Letitia Dorsey Magaha, um, and tonight we're talking about back from the dead. Back from the dead. What do you you know about being
7: back from the dead? All right, Mm. all right. Well, I'm going to start off. I'm Tanya Taylor. Um, I'm 57 years old now. But um, I got a message a long time ago, and I think it's kind of fitting for tonight. It's a little different. But uh, God gave me a message uh, years and years back, and it was pearls from the pit. Pearls Mm. from the pit. And he gave that to me a long time ago. But anyhow, um, my my testimony is I, I was raised in a house with a four people, single mom. Uh, mom was uh, abusive of alcohol, wasn't mm. really available. She worked 3 to 1 o'clock in the morning. She was a bartender at an MCO club and um, raised with four siblings. Um, and... One of my, well, I'll say, one of my siblings was from the seventh grade addicted to drugs, um, mm-hmm. my brother. And um, so we watched a lot of my mother's alcoholism, my brother's addicted to, to drugs. And then as we, as we grew up, um, in high my mother was very, very strict, always coming up, and I was very resentful of that. And I think it pushed me in a direction to where once I was able to catch any form of freedom... I rebelled against the strictness, and I began to move into a direction of first uh, marijuana eighth grade, little speed eighth grade, um, advanced on probably first year of high school high school to alcohol, and I just you know progressively you know progressed, but excellent grades in high school you know did fairly well was probably um, out of my peer group, um, only needed one class as a senior to graduate. But the alcohol abuse, the marijuana, the usage of drugs, watching what was going on within my home, um, my brother being on heavier drugs, it Mm. all became relevant. Uh, Once I got through high school, making it through, feeling somewhat, you know, uh, I was voted the most likely to succeed. Very, very pretty, never had a problem in the dating scene with guys and men and stuff. Wanted to be known more the just beauty, though. I wanted to be recognized for, you know, who I was. Good person, great heart, still the same person, very loyal, good-spirited person. But had, um, you know, a couple of relationships, you know, the jocks in high school. um, Did a couple of those. And I ended up with a gentleman that I adored, um, the second jock from high school. And right around that same senior, well, I'm going to say sophomore year, Going into junior year, um, begin to date him, pretty much fell in love with him, resisting my mom's strictness, got to mm-hmm. a point in the home, get it anymore, I've got to be able to go out and do things, so I begin to um, rebel, and pretty much, Uh-oh. just if I can cuss, take the ass I knew, Uh-oh. I knew if I was going to receive, return home, I knew that. And I- Hello? A brief- Tanya. Uh, can you hear? It? Yeah.
5: Uh, you you kind of went, you kinda went away you from now? the mic.
7: Yeah, that's, that's perfect. Right there. Okay, I'm going to move away. So I just got to the point where I just begin to rebel against the strictness, and I begin to move towards the person that was giving me the attention to be out and about and, you know, out in the street.
2: Mm. And
7: senior year of high school, I'm watching my brother all along the way in his addictive behavior, uh, really very sad, but I'm watching it, not under, really understanding it. But then I got to a point, maybe senior year, or right after senior year, where this boyfriend I had went on a, a run to get drugs, missed my graduation, devastated me, but when he came back, he had a brick. It looked like almost a loaf of ham. I don't know if you've seen processed ham, but it's in kind of a loaf mm-hmm. of, of cocaine, of crack cocaine. Mm-hmm. He had brought it back. Um, from California. I was so devastated that he missed my graduation and all that stuff. And anyway, um, he, we, he, we're using, we're using, I'm not wanting to use, I'm wanting to party, hang out, have a good time like we always had. And then I just remember that night turning into almost a nightmare because um, I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't understand why we're not connecting like we used to, which was a need of mine to connect. And then that was my first taste of really that, the addiction. Then mm-hmm. after that, that stamp, and then we're right out of high school, three days after I graduated. Then I go start, you know, hanging out on a different level. You know, I have a gentleman down the street that he, he, he has cocaine, and I begin to sell for him at parties. So I'm like, now this big shot, real pretty girl. Um, you know, always got the attention, so it's also very helpful for me to be able to sell these drugs. And mm-hmm. so at first I start off, and I'm selling drugs, going back, re-upping, but one day I went down to re-up, and my brother's there, mm-hmm. and I have the drugs, my brother's a dope thing, mm-hmm. they're smoking, now they're smoking these drugs, and I remember it from the Jimmy situation the day, a few days after graduation that I hate it hated the whole environment, hated everything about it, but now I'm down here in a different environment and my brother's there. And my brother's telling me everything out of his mouth is, no, she can't do it, don't let her do it. But then he's also on the dope fiend side where he wants me to do it because he knows I have it and he needs it. So hmm. therefore I get allowed into the cooking up, the smoking on the pipe and hitting it. But this time when I hit it, we're not like the first time, this time when I hit it, a whole different mental, physical, whole different spirit wow. came over me. A whole different spirit came over me. I immediately dropped on the ground. I'm looking around for, you know, going through the whole, whole shebang, the whole looking for rocks on the floor, just the whole mentality just shifted in that moment. So mm-hmm. from that point on, now wow. Jimmy, Jimmy goes to prison the guy that I was in love with and needed that attention from him, he goes to prison, and then now I'm out here. I'm at my mom's, my brother's there, and now I've got this little, this monkey. <laughs> it's a slight mm. monkey, but it's a monkey. Okay, so now I'm no longer delivering back to Beefy, the one that I was selling for at parties. I'm, now it's short. Money's coming back short. So now I get mm-hmm. cut off from that. In the meantime, in that, I meet... Uh, A gentleman, actually a girl comes over And she says um, Her name is Valerie She said, can you take me over to Frank Brown's house? She said, I can't go there everybody knew Frank Brown He was an old man He was a well-known pimp He was a well-known drug dealer Um, And all the young girls in a whole area Where I live knew That you do not go over to Frank Brown's house Well, I got this monkey on my back And this girl asked me Hey, can you go over to Frank Brown's and get something for me? And I'm like, no, you know, we, we I can't go over there. We, you know, I can't be seen over there. Um, well, my addiction and that monkey on my back said, well, just go this one time, just go this mm. one. You know, you can go for, but you know, just take some, take some off her, off the, off the rock. Just take you some. So mm. I went over there. He opens the door, and he tells me, you're Miss McGaha's daughter. And I said, yeah. He goes, what are you doing over here? I said. I just came to get some rocks, and he was like, well, come on in. And I went in and then went to do, did the transaction, and then he said to me, with your fine bow-legged ass, you have a welcome invitation to come back anytime you'd like. And I was like, thank you, Mr. Brown. You know, and I'm leaving. My mom knows. My mom's at the NCL club. He runs the gambling thing downstairs, so he's very well known by my mom. And known in the, in, the, in, the, in the area as well. So anyway, I leave there, but I, I keep bringing in my ear that welcome invitation to come back. Mm. So I leave there, deliver this stuff, and then, that, then I know that any time that I'm, you know, this, this monkey's on my back, and I know it's around mm. the corner. I know it's at his house. Mm. So obviously, I start creeping back over to his house, creeping back over to his house, and um, got... So this is where the addiction from just a monkey on my back went to full-fledged addiction to crack cocaine, uh, 1985. Mm. Um, I am cutting off bricks of cocaine at this point. Mm. He's 61. I'm 21. He uh, mm. likes me. He respects my mom, which actually saved me in the whole thing. But I've got a welcome invitation to come back, and I took advantage of that welcome invitation because I, the monkey was on my back. So when I wow. began to, to get addicted, I had the loaf in front of me. So I'm chipping off a brick as much as I wanted to chip off the brick.
5: Wow. Obviously,
7: and obviously until things changed. So now after he's observing mm. me, I'm observing him. Now to chip off the brick, it's going to start costing something. So oh, was every time that conversation would come up, which was rope time, then I would tell him I need to go home. My mom said to be mad. I didn't do the dishes. I'll come back later. And then I wouldn't come back until the next day. So anyway, that game began to catch up with me. I got mm. uh, very strung out, very fast and in a very, very uh, high manner. I wasn't out having to hole. I wasn't having to hustle. I wasn't having to do anything. I would just have to show up on that corner. Uh, I was 21, he was 61. Within that wow. first year, I was pregnant with this child. I would go on little trips. He would go to, we would run, you know, do the little drug runs. I was, me along with three other girls were packing ounces or whatever we could fit in our cavity, if you know what I mean. And we were running drugs back from Las Vegas back to Utah. And just got to, to a place where just extremely strung out. Well, then he starts catching on to I'm in. I'm, I'm getting extra rubbers, I'm, I'm, pa- I'm busting them open in the uh, rest stop, rest I'm repacking me a package, and then when we get back home, it's coming up short. So he starts packing on so that I'm feeling. I'm not, you know, this little sweet little, high, you know, high yellow girl, but she's an open. So then I started having to go through all these different changes to get the drugs. So he would literally tell me, you want some of this dope? Look in the mirror and tell yourself who you are. I'm not going to give you nothing until you look in that mirror and you need to claim who you are. Mm -hmm. And I would want the drugs so bad that I would be so angry with them, so frustrated, but I know I needed that dope. And I would look in the mirror and he would say, tell yourself what you are. And I would start saying, you're a thief. You're a dope fiend." You're, and I would start naming all these very vulgar, negative things about me, but the, mm. the, but the mm. thing that was, that was different is I would be saying it, and God would be, in, I would be looking at myself in the mirror, and I mean, screaming it, because he would make me say it loud, and God would be looking back going, no, you're not. No, you're not. Mm. And everything I screamed, God would tell me that, no, you're not. And I'd scream the next thing, and he'd say, no, you're not. Wow. So th- that, was a, that was the first rescue that I knew God was with me, but I also was succumbing to what I was involved in, and I knew that. So then it got to the point where I'm still, a, he, he, he's, he's now you know measuring out his drugs, but I'm full-fledged strung out. I got a baby, I'm pregnant on the way, I'm pregnant. First road trip we went on, I'm pregnant. Um, I met him in July, started going to his house. I had my first daughter in November. Or something, July, August, September, November, no, that following. Anyway, within the first year, I had our first child, and I got pregnant in the car on a road trip. Anyway, so then he starts wow. trying to reel in this addiction that I have, but I've got every move you can make. And he used to tell me, it's like you, I have to have five eyes to keep up with what you're doing. But then the beatings started coming. You know, I would steal his drugs because I was so strung out. It wasn't coming fast enough, so I'm stealing everything I can see. Um, he's beating me with switches and um, sticks. I mean, anything and you're that pregnant. Was close to him. Uh-huh, and I'm pregnant. He's beating me with sticks. He's hit me over the head with a baby stroller. Now, now mind you, at this time, I'm feeling like I will take this because I'm wrong, but I got to have it. I gotta have it. And he's not getting ready to measure me out. I'm too strung out. I was very headstrong, very – but anyway, I'm taking these beatings. I'm getting beat. I'm getting put out. I'm standing in his – he had a big picture window in the front of his house. So I literally stand in that window when he wouldn't let me in, and I would hit an empty crack pipe just to draw attention just so he would let me in the house. And he would – after a while, he'd be like, let that crazy – you know, Mother Checker in the house where she gets me busted. And I knew if I did these crazy things that I would get in the house. Once I got in the house, I'm stealing everything I can find. He can't lay nothing down. I'm taking putty out of windows. I'm taking putty out of windows and putting four corners of putty back in after I steal the, the baby bottle full of rocks out of the sink. Wow. Um, I mean, I'm just off the chain, literally off the chain. So then we get busted. He goes to prison. I'm there, but I don't go to prison. But um, they, they, thought they, uh-huh. Where, where is this located? Where are you, where is this? I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah. Salt Lake City, okay. Salt go Lake ahead. City, Utah. So I'm just off the chain. I mean, I'm so strung out. I'm stealing this stuff. My, I'm running over to my house. I'm hiding everything. I'm in my mom's closet. I'm sweating like a dog. He's coming looking for me, ready to kill me. My brother's telling him, you're not going to hurt my sister, man. You know what you started. You're going to have to take that back over to your house. She's in here, but you're not going to do nothing to my sister. I mean, just on every angle. I'm just getting, I'm just off off the chain. I'm literally pretending to be crazy just in order to get into his house. So Mm. time goes on, he gets busted. When they come to bust him, I'm there, and... I have a warrant from burning an undercover police officer from like three years prior. Three mm. years prior, never had a warrant, never had anything on me, but this police officer recognizes me for being the one that burned it. So Frank's getting busted for the drug, and then this man tells me, asks me if I remember him. And I'm looking at him like I kind of remember him, but he says, yeah, you're, you're the one that, that burnt me. Uh, and so they signed my, my name to a warrant three years later. So when he sees me there, he recognizes me from three years prior. He signs my name to a warrant that night. I end up, long story short, after going in front of the judge, going through a couple of treatment centers. I go in front of the judge, and the judge tells me, "Miss Taylor, I've seen you. You've taken your second bite of the apple, and I don't see it in my favor to give you another chance for drug treatment. Zero mm. to five, Utah State Prison, Utah State Prison." But when I tell wow. you, go into prison, literally save my life. Another step of God. I told you the first one about the mirror where God would be looking back telling me, no, you're not, no, you're not, no, you're not. And I would be saying that with authority, but I was only saying it to get the drugs. So second, second, second saving was I went to prison. When I went to prison, I weighed 96 pounds. So wow. completely, I mean, just so strung out. Um, and got in, got into prison. Um, they only, and and the judge and the probation, everybody recommended don't give her a lot of time. That old man has manipulated her. They were talking about Frank, although that wasn't really what happened. What I had did with the undercover police officers burning them on the dope was well before I met Frank, but they all connected it to be Frank manipulating me, which helped me because I only did three months in prison. Um, got back out, back, and would do well. I would get out, whatever treatment program they told me to do, whatever they told me to do, I would just do it, I mean, with flying colors. As soon as I would leave that, that center, um, I'm, within a matter of a week, or with a matter of just a little bit of time, I'd be back on the crack again. But wow. Frank, 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 like the kids, you know, Tasha's dad at this point, that's what he did. That was his lifestyle, and that's what I was returning to. I was returning Mm. back with the mindset, I can do it, I'm good, you know, I would feel great, I've done the treatment, whatever. Anyway, disaster. Back and forth to prison for from 87 to 93. I probably Mm. did four and a half years, four and a half years in that stare. Um. So that, you know, this is, is, you know, quite a long time ago. So anyway, but that same monkey that chased me down, I ended up leaving Utah. He ended up in in prison. I ended up leaving Utah. Um, Couldn't take it no more. Couldn't kick the drugs. Back and forth with my daughter, Tasha, at that point. Oh, third time I went to prison. I hate to backtrack, but I have to. I was pregnant with Kiana, my second daughter from Frank, and didn't know it. So when I went into prison, I was pregnant and didn't find I didn't found out in prison. Wow. So the uh, the board of pardons told me, if you they were they were still trying to be lenient. We're going to give you nine months, but if you for any reason lose this child or have or miscarry, you are going back to, you are coming back in front of us and you will receive the full amount of your sentence. So I got out of I got out of prison. On, on on being pregnant, had Kiana, made it, oh, I can tell you so much, oh my God, got out of prison, my water broke, and I don't know, I, I got so much, so much, I don't know if we can do it in one, in one sitting, but anyway, my water broke at the dope house. So I was out about a week, about, let me say I was out maybe a month, let me say a month. I got my taxes back, I went to the dope house down the street, And I had them, I got my taxes that day. They called me and told me that I had my taxes. I had stole all the dope out of the Miracle Whip jar from Frank, all of it. And I'm pregnant. I'm just out of, fresh out of prison. I go down the street, smoke all that up, and then they called me and told me my taxes are ready. I went and picked the income tax check up and stayed down there all day. Well, Frank caught on at some point. These people will never spend this kind of money. Tanya must be down there. So he comes down there, and I'm hiding in the shower. I'm in the shower with the shower curtain pulled. They let him in. He walks right back, snatches the shower curtain open, and, and tells me to give him, give, give him all the money. Just call him. You know, you can imagine what that looked like. I'm scared to death. I think he's getting ready to just beat the living crap out of me. I give him all the money, and then I stay there and keep smoking with what I have left. My water breaks at, while I'm smoking at the dope house. He said, mm. taking all my money. My water breaks. I don't want nobody to know in there my water breaks because I know they're going to try to make me leave. So I sit there, and I keep smoking crack, and my water's broken, and I have tied my sweatshirt around my wow. waist. I have tied wow. the sweatshirt around my waist so nobody will see this big old water stain in between my legs, and I just keep smoking. So after a while, they were like, Tanya, there ain't, you need to go home. You're pregnant. And no, I don't know if they smell it. I don't know what the thing is. But then they want me to leave. There's no more. He done took all my money. I ain't serving nobody. No breaking nobody off. So I go home. And Miss Brenda's there, and she's, and I'm in, I'm in, I'm going into labor. And Miss Brenda was like, Frank, you need to take her to the hospital. I think she's in labor. He was like, I'm not taking her nowhere. He said, uh, she she should have called the ambulance where she was at. So he's back there shining shoes because that's what he did on the side, you know, side work, and he will not take me. So I'm waiting up front, and I'm getting more and more labor. Finally, he comes out. Miss Brenda begs him, and he gets in the car, and he gets in my car, and I don't have no gas. He was like, you don't have no gas in your car, and you don't spend $800 today? He said, oh, well, get get in my car. So I got in his car. We get to the gas station. He doesn't just fill up. I'm in full-fledged labor in the passenger side. Wow. He feels the car up to the rim, not just enough to get to the hospital. We get to the hospital, and my daughter's, and I'm telling her she's coming on the way, and he's like, you better squeeze your legs together. So we get to the wow. hospital, and the baby, she's in between my legs. So they come, wow. get me on a stretcher, cut my clothes off, do all they have to do. But anyway, just, I'm only saying this to say this is a level of where I was at in the addiction who I was, who I was dealing with in the addiction, and I, I had this stuff so readily and so much of it, and I had just literally—I wasn't crazy, but I had literally was was moving like I'd literally lost my mind. Anyway, I go back to prison. He goes to prison later. You know, I do three stints in the prison. I do about four and a half years total. I get out. Um, go through a short stint of using again, and then I'm leaving because I want to leave. My kids are now. My mom's taking my kids to San Antonio. I want to go be with my girls. It's her birthday. The people that I'm with are treating me funny because I ain't got no money, although, you know, I've been flossing them forever. It doesn't matter. Part of the dope game. So I leave with a bucket of chicken. I have a bucket of chicken. That's all the money I kept, and I had bought the blessed bus ticket prior to. So I get to San Antonio, um, where my girls, my kids are, I try to stay there. I start working. I start getting, a, stacking enough money. And then under a situation, uh, with my mom's boyfriend, uh, we got in a big fight. He had been molesting me, which I didn't tell y'all. He had been filling me out while wow. I was asleep a few years back. Wow. So when we get there, we get in a big argument. I tell my mom what he was doing. When I was strung out, he would come over and try to get, pay me to suck his you-know-what. And then wow. he would, um, we got in a big fight that night, major, and so I had to leave there. My mom said, he's going to kill you. He was in his, in his closet trying to find his gun. She said, get the kids, because I was going to be leaving the next morning anyway. But we ended up escaping that night in a cab out in the country road. My mom said, just don't stay in the yard. Just go down the street. I'll tell the cab where to get you from. <laughs> anyway, left there went to Louisville, Kentucky where my dad was, um, didn't make it very long, maybe nine months, strung out again, um, back, on, back on the drugs, just not knowing how to cope, just trying to make the distance from it be the coping mechanism. Um, ended up in Louisville, strung out again, ended up running from Louisville, Left Louisville strung out. My dad gave us, wouldn't give us any money, but as soon as we got to the bus, my mom had already sent for my kids, both my kids. As soon as we get to the bus station, my dad gives me enough money just to get from, to, he wouldn't give it to me before we got on the bus, but he gave me it on the bus so we could eat to get to San Diego. That's where my husband's, now my husband, I got married in that year in Louisville to a minister, Sunday school teacher. My dad's uh, favorite Sunday school person, you know, that smartest in his group, and he ended up being a recovering drug addict. So once I got strung out in Louisville, I started first. He joined suit. We ended up fleeing there to his family in San Diego. San Diego.
5: And let me ask you a huh? Let me let me let me ask you a
7: question. So you y'all <laughs> both were strung out at this time. I started in, in Louisville, and um, I can tell you why, long story, but basically not submitting to him. He's trying to beat me over the head with the Bible. I know God, but you're not getting ready to use that to manipulate me in my mind. So I started, hmm. and then when he would come home from work, he was recognizing, why are the kids still outside, and it's 9 o'clock at night. And our hmm. kids would be outside with the neighbor because I was inside getting high. And I had, I, wow. I had money. I went there with money because Frank gave me everything he had in the savings account for the girls. He told my mom to give it to me when I left uh, Texas, San Antonio. Anyway, I was using that. I started getting high again, forced into this marriage, really didn't want to be married, but I just wanted something different. I said, you know, no, this isn't what I want, but if I, if I do this, it's going to beat what I've been doing. And he's a minister in the mm. church, and it's not what I I want to do. I, I'm not ready to submit to anything, but I need to do this. I need to get outside of myself, and I need to do this because this is the best move for me and these girls. Not knowing at that time, he thought I was some type of exclusive lawyer or something when he seen me in church. He just thought, and, and I was Ernest McGaha's daughter, so he just thought I was just this big person. And not knowing that when we connected, we found out, both of us had a background of crack addiction. Wow. So that that started playing into the thing. We got we got to San Y'all can stop me but I could go on and on forever. Well but we got I'm to San Diego.
5: Is, what we're gonna do is huh? uh take a we're gonna take a pause. Um okay. we're gonna give out our number if you wanna call in. Um we have about thirty minutes left and if you wanna call in, if you have something that you want to ask uh 516-453-9110 if you are calling from a T-Mobile line calling at 971-379-9537 we're going to take a little um a little music break uh um, coming back to our guest Tanya Taylor who is really just being extremely transparent right now with her life
6: She got everybody
1: quiet.
5: (laughs) Quiet, like she got the whole floor. And it's it's maybe at the end, I'm gonna tell you guys something really funny about this whole thing with with Tanya and I. But um, we're gonna take a small music break. We're gonna play the guy that I um that I found earlier this week, Mir from UK. To be Lifestyle Radio. I'm your host Letitia Dorsey Magaha, and that was L Mean from the UK. Twenty-one year old guy. I think he is just. I was telling my husband. I said he reminded me of Stokely. Um, that's who his sound is. It, it's, it's so Stokely like. Um, if you are familiar with um Stokely, what's Antonio? What's Stokely's last name? Stokely's group.
3: Stokely I'm sorry, I have myself on mute. Stokely is the lead singer for Mint Condition. For so everybody yeah. who's familiar.
5: Yeah, that's yeah. that's he it sounded so mint condition. Old school mint condition. Um, we're back. Episode seven, B Lifestyle Radio, back from the dead. Tanya Taylor was um giving us a riveting story of um, let's see, what? what you say, nineteen eighty what year did you say to start it? You started Can you hear addiction. me? I can hear you. Yep, we can 84, hear you. Eighty four. All the way up until eighty four
7: till two thousand ten. But not always in. I had many, many years of four years clean, four years clean, six years clean, three years mm-hmm. clean. A lot of times where God rescued me along the way. But and my story is just so deep. I'm sitting here thinking of how much stuff I've missed. But if What's there's the another story? time, another opportunity. But yeah, but you, I feel like you, I want I to tell a you, story. Oh, I'm sorry. I, the I'm story getting ready to tell you. you story. Were, so, okay, give, I'm going to give, give the you the story right now. So San Diego. Got to San Diego. Um, uh, with the trip, got there doing well, doing well in San Diego in church. The Lord, that's when the Lord gave me pearls from the pit. We're actively in church. My husband's teaching, me and my husband are teaching children's church together. I've always known the Lord. My mother always prayed over us, always taught us how to pray. But I was in this church getting fed, really getting, really, honestly got saved in this church, um, coming off of an addiction, you know, getting to San Diego, finding a church, reestablishing my life, getting back on track. And then I find out... Um, that I, I almost take to say it, but I'm a, so I find out that this minister that I've met in mm. Louisville and married has been molesting my daughter. Has been oh molesting my, my God. daughter. So my daughter's nine. He's been not just molesting her, but he's been having sex with her and I'm pregnant with his child. But we're clean. Mm. But we're clean. We got to San Diego and mm. got clean.
2: Mm. Mm.
7: So um mm. uh, they come mm. to take my children. Mm. Um he, he has relapsed in San Diego, and I'm, I'm, girl, I'm skipping steps because I'm trying to get to the story. He checks himself into a, a mental hospital, not a mental hospital, but a psychiatric service, whatever, that morning, that afternoon when I get home from work, sheriff's department, everybody, everybody's there, CPS, they're there to take my children. Mm. and. They're telling me what's happened with my children, and I'm, I'm like, it's impossible. There's no way I'm going to believe that. They're like, ma'am, we've already done. He, he's been doing this. Your daughter told a classmate. The classmate told her mom. The mom told your daughter if she didn't tell that mm. she felt like she was reaching out that she was going to tell. But I've been clean, right? We've been doing good. We've been in church. We've been doing children's church together. We've been ministering. Mm. And then mm. I find this out. So I'm waiting for my, they let me, they all stay there. But they're ready to take me to jail and take my kids. And I'm like, no, it's impossible. So I said, I need to talk to my daughter. So at the time my daughter's getting out of school, so she's coming down the alley. I'm waiting for her where I know she walks home. And I, and I tell her, there's these people here, and they're saying this stuff. I go, what is going on? I go, I, this, this is impossible. She said, what, about me having sex? And I was like, yes, with who? And she said, your husband. Well, wow. I uh, wow. She was, in, she, was this, she was in middle school at this time. So Holy it had been a secret. God. It had been something. And, and the whole shame of it, it was everybody, you know, I'm on a clean path. I've been clean now for a minute. But when it comes out, wow. everybody's saying that I was on drugs. And I'm in church, too, so there's so much shame going with this. There's, but I know that I wasn't on drugs when he was doing it to her, and I know that I didn't know that or it definitely wouldn't have continued or, you know, any further. But I had to deal with the full package of my background, what it looked like, and all of that. Anyway, so then that all comes out. We go through that whole thing, and I don't want to get too in-depth, but he didn't end up going to jail. I didn't end up wiring up to get him sent, in, sent to jail. My daughter didn't want that, da 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 So then this boy, um, this, this, my husband, um, he relapses. My, so my mom, my, my mom gets very, has a heart attack. This is a few years in, and no. I'm skipping so oh, much so I hate say. it. But anyway, i got to get to your story. So my, 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 hus- my, my, um, my husband uh, has relapsed, but I don't know. So I leave because my mom's dying in San Antonio, Texas. She's very ill, bravely ill. They tell us to get there. When I get down there... I'm there to, you know, give my word on what I think should happen, and I tell them my mom would never want to live like this. I say unplug her. Let her go. Anyway, I get a call that my kids have been home for two days by their self, and my husband is nowhere to be found, and that my children need me back because they can't find my husband. So I I Mm. tell them unplug my mom. That's Mm. my take on it. I've got to fly back home. I get back home. He's not there. And I go looking for him because I'm like, there's only, I know where the, you know, I know whereabouts he's going to be if he so anyway, I find him. I find his car. And he had just got $6,000 from selling a yacht, whatever. So I go to the place where he's at. I knock on the, and I, and I pay a guy. I pay a guy walking down the street to tell me whose car, the guy that is in this car, where is, where is he at? And I said, I'll give you some money if you tell me where he's at. So he shows me exactly where my husband's at. I give him $20, whatever I gave him, and knock on the door. This crazy girl answers the door, and I said, I want to speak to my husband. And she was like, oh, no, baby, you're pregnant. So she starts flipping out. I see my husband out of my eye. I said, what are you doing? I said, my mom's down there dying, and you would do this? To me, it was on Halloween night. And um, he says, no, Tanya, don't do that. Don't make a scene. And she's begging me. Anyway, I said, who's got a pipe? I said, who's got a pipe? Anyway, they're all, no, no. He said, I said, no, you done did this. You opened up this can of worms. So I said, I up, told him, give me all, all the money. He gave me all the money out of the stocks. I broke him down, took all the money he had. I said, now I got the money. Who's got the dope? And I'm just doing this because to to, I'm so angry, but I have the money. They have the dope, whoever has any left. They give me a hit. I look in his face. I put it on the pipe. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant, y'all, I'm pregnant, and I hit this pipe to pay him back, looking in his face, and immediately dropped on the ground and started searching all around his feet, going through the carpet, just, strung, just immediately strung out again, immediately. Wow. Mm. Immediately. So anyway, mm. this same girl, we're going over there, tick-topping over there, and here comes Dad again in the midst of it. We're sitting in a circle at her house. She always has a Bible open. Every time we're over there, and you better not go near it. She's kind of mentally ill, but she has this Bible open, and you, are not, you better not go near that area in her dining area where that Bible is open. We're sitting there in a circle, and we're just getting high, whatever, and the girl looks at me, and she does a flip out of the circle, a frontward flip. I'm pregnant comes over the circle to the other side and kicks me right in the stomach. And she mm. just, just mm. prays, and she does I don't know if the spirit on me. I don't know what it is. My husband says, Tanya, we need to pray. We need to pray for her. And I'm sitting there thinking, she just kicked me in my stomach out of the blue, mm. just totally out of the blue, so high. We're all so high. And I grab this woman's hand, and my husband grabs her hand, and we just begin to pray. And God, just pray for her. And I just begin to pray in the midst of that situation for her healing, for her mental state, uh, for her forgiveness, and just begin to pray. And God, it was just God putting it on my heart. Pray for her. And mm-hmm. I'm not feeling, I'm feeling inadequate to pray for anybody. I'm sitting there so ashamed of where I'm back at again. I mean, there's still, my mom's just died. I mean, it was just, it's crazy. I'm going to fast forward to, and I think at this point I probably need to fast forward um, God, I don't want to get too fast, but anyway, um, went through that for a while. God's put me in positions to pray for people when I don't feel even an ounce of, 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 that, I should I'm so ashamed. I'm so ashamed. And by the time this happened, I had been clean for four years, you know, wow. so I keep going back to this demon, this, this place, this monkey, well, I just can't shake it. And I keep getting all this clean time in between, and this time I've gotten so close to God, but I was so angry, but God still told me when that woman did that, that crazy woman did that, and I knew I had to pray. I had to pray for her. So I have been in so many situations where I have walked in, going to get drugs, even here in Atlanta, where I've walked in, I've looked over at these people sitting there in the trap, smoking, smoking tried to fly past him, get to back to get my dope, to get my dope, paranoid, don't even want to be in this trap, thinking about police, and God will stop me in my tracks trying to leave and say, pray for these people. And I will, with that dope clenched in my hand, I have done it so many times, I just want you guys to know that God is with you, and I just begin to pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, help us all, bless us all, deliver us. Lord, we need your help. And I would just pray Mm -hmm. And I would feel so inadequate doing it, but it was like unction in my spirit. I must do it. I must do it. So anyhow, there's so many gaps in this story. There's so much that I could be said. I'm I diving out of moving cars, y'all. My husband was trying to take me to church, that same husband in San Diego, and I had stole a bunch of jewelry from work. He got to a stoplight because he was trying to make me go with him, and I wanted to go sell the gold and get dope. And as soon as he, the light turned green, I jumped out of the car pregnant and hit the concrete. And he kept going, you know, obviously he was going, and I'm, like, I'm getting out, jumped out pregnant, hit the ground. Once another time, just drove on a bike for, I don't know, 10 miles on a bike to get $10 worth of dope. I was feeling so bad. Drove back with that dope, got a block before my house and got hit by a car in the intersection on the bike. Folded the bike in complete half. Wow. I flew over the car, landed on the other side, and just the man was so freaked out. He was trying to help me. He was trying to get me to the hospital. I'm all tore up. Leg just massive. My leg was just, oh, it's bad. And all I wanted to do is just, you can just get me home. And I was just clenched, clenching in my hand that $10 piece of dough just to make sure that I didn't drop it when I got hit by the car. And, and got to the ah. crib, y'all. It's just too much. It's, it's so much. Listen, listen. But the biggest story is, the biggest, the, the victory, the victory coming back from the dead, hurled from the pit, is all along the way in so many instances. There's so many times along the way where I was in complete, I had given up and I had established in my mind that I'm adulting. That's what I am. That's who I am. I'm going to be the best at it. I'm going to do what this lifestyle requires, and I'm not going to try to pretend that this is not who I am. And I settled it. And every time I attempted to settle that in my spirit, something would happen to me where God would show up, and he would, he would say, no, you're not, or he'd put me in prison, or he would uh, send me, make me pray, and he just kept showing me, all along the way that he was with me. And I got to a point in the latter end, and I skipped a million stories, but it got to the point in the the end where I could not look at my children anymore. I could not look at my, specifically my baby daughter, Serena, who was not going for it. She was not, she would ask for something for a dress for prom or a dress for a dance, and I'd be looking at her like, don't you see I ain't got no money? Don't you see I'm stealing food every day so we can eat? Don't you see my car out of gas? Your bus, your bus goes by it every day where I've ran out of gas because I only put a dollar in it. And she was adamant, well, you got beer in the fridge. She, goes, she would go open the fridge right in front of my face and go, there's beer in here. I need a dress. I need the dress for Friday's a dance. And she would, not, she would not settle. She would not let me fold. And I'm telling you, it is the very thing that God used to bring me out, to establish me, because I did not see a way out of no way. I didn't see how it ever was going to be a complete deliverance in my life that I would literally come back from the dead. I did not see it. But it's by believing God when he would speak, moving when he would say move, doing what he would say to do, leave completely defeated in in my human heart, and God was strengthening me every time along the way, to, to let me know, you're going to make it. You can make it. You can make it. And, and my daughter was the final finale where I just could not see her face. She would walk in. if I was, She was at school or I was getting high or whatever. She would walk in. She would grab my hand. And she could feel the nerves. She could feel if I was nervous or not. And if I was nervous getting high, she would just look at me, and she would just walk off. And it was killing me. Every, and she would never let it slide. She would never let it slide. And after a, a, a long while of that happening, my baby girl—everybody's seen it—but my baby girl. All four of my mm. kids were born. Uh, I, I used crap with all four of my kids, but my baby girl. Mm. She was not settling. She was not. She was not going to let me um, be be that way. She was going to hold me accountable to still be her mom mm. and still do what was necessary. And it's what brought me out between, between the Lord, specifically the Lord, all along the way, showing up and showing me no, no, no. And I, and I just got to the point I laid out before him, just help me is all I could pray for months. I would just say, help me. Two words, knowing I was waiting to get high again. Knowing I was waiting for the mail, mailbox to drop so I could go get high. But I would still show up to that spot and just ask him to just help me then my daughter he said my daughter she just was not she was not accepting it and i just got to the point where i couldn't look at her no more like that i couldn't i couldn't, couldn't see her disappointment in me anymore and well wow. it ended it stopped and it stopped not without me even believing it was going to stop not even seeing where it was going to stop or how it was going to stop it just got me being sick and tired of looking in the disappointment in my daughter's face, and just continuing to just, to just do what I was doing and looking back over, man, God has, been, God has been with you. God has been with you. You better take heed. You better stop doing this. You better humble yourself, mm-hmm. and you better stop in your tracks, but moving so fast, like the gentleman said, and hear what God's trying to tell you and, you know, and recognize who he's, what he's trying to do to bring you out. And boy, and there's so there's so many times I died. There's so many, when I mean died. Uh, was I was book? dead. I was dead. Mm. I Listen. was there. Was times I was so high, and I stole all this man's dope, and he. I was sitting at his feet because if he woke up, I knew I had to run. If I didn't run, I knew he was getting ready to beat the shit. I mean, beat me to a pulp, and I would be literally having a like I was having a heart attack and the phone would ring or anything would happen, he would move. And I mean, I would just, I mean so many jumping out of cars, getting hit by cars, smoking to where, I mean, just, it was just so many times. Tanya. That I can't understand. Uh-huh. How, how long you been clean? Well, 13 years.
6: Is there a book?
7: 13 years.
6: Is there a book coming?
7: Hmm. Boy, mm-hmm. when I tell you I have a book in me, that would be, I mean, absolutely incredible. I've, and so many people have have asked me about it, and boy, there's a book in me. There's a bestseller in me. It's mm-hmm. almost like, um, I don't know if y'all have heard of uh, A Piece of Cake, mm-hmm. the book by Cupcake Brown. Mm-mm, I haven't. I don't know if you've heard, but boy, it's, 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 we, it's the same... Um, It's the same story, but, I mean, even to another level, you know, it's just. You
6: you don't need to be sitting on that. You need to get on to to that, like, now.
2: Mm
7: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be in 100% agreement with you on that. I mean, it's in me, and it's a a bachelor. It's a lot. It's a lot. And to come out victorious, to be on the other side of it.
5: You went back um, for somehow. I can't hear you.
7: Okay,
6: can you hear me now? That was a damn devil working.
7: <laughs> can you hear me? Uh, can you hear me? really. Oh, okay,
5: yeah, there you now. go. Yes.
7: Okay, you can hear me now? No. Hello? Now Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Can you hear me?
5: We can hear Hello? you.
7: Hello? Okay. Can you hear us? Yeah, there's yeah. a lot. There is a book. You can hear me, right? Yes. Okay, God is great. What I can tell you, what I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, that can never be taken away from me. God is great. He'll never give up on you. He'll never give up on you. If you don't give up, you, you the Bible says to acknowledge him in all of your ways, all. Mm. So he's not mm. saying when things are going good. He's not saying, mm. you know, when you're on the up. He says acknowledge me in all, and I do believe that's what kept me in all of all of my ways. Mm. Um, when I was out there, I kept believing him when he would give me an unction, when he would move, when I would know it was him, I would recognize and I would let him know, I know it's you Help me and help me was a big prayer of mine for a long time. Cause I was, you know, but, um, and there's so much of the story. Honestly, I promise y'all so, that I've left out because listen. it's just too much.
5: What we're going to do. I is... just want to
7: encourage
5: Can somebody.
7: <laughs> Can you hear me?
5: Can you hear me? You can't hear me? Yeah, so what we've got a few minutes and what we're gonna do is uh bring you back um at a n at a later date so you can give us some more of these stories. Um Okay. I, I can say this when I this uh Tanya is Antonio's cousin and when I met her and just the authenticity of who she is as a person, what you see is what you get. She is one of the most authentic, loving people that I have ever met in my life, and I told her what about a year ago, two years ago, maybe. Uh-huh. I was like, "Your story, your story's got to be told," and this mm. is before there's a radio station. Uh, before we got here, and here we are, and so I told you that I was gonna, I was gonna help you get your story out because this is it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, Can you
7: hear me? Can y'all hear me?
5: Yeah, the show, we're coming okay. to a close and uh, okay. it's, it's going on 11 o'clock, but we're going to bring you back. Your story, All right. I have people texting me. I have people just really in awe of, of this story. In 13 years clean, I need a cl- hand clap button. You need a round of applause. Thank you. A round of applause, ma'am. You are an amazing person, and you have only begun. You have only begun this next, the ladder, because you know they say your ladder will be greater than your past. So thank you all for tuning in to uh, Be Lifestyle Radio. Catch us back here next Wednesday. We will be talking about forgiveness. I have a special guest talking about forgiveness and we are out. Thank you, everybody. You are all
0: I've ever wanted, but I'm terrified of you. See, my castle may be haunted, but I'm terrified of you. I've cast my spell on millions, but I'm terrified of you. Baby, I do this from the feeling, but I'm terrified of you. I wait my whole life to fight the right one Then you come along and that freaks me out So I'm frightened, ooh, Dracula's one I never ran from no one, but I'm terrified of you See, my heartbeat is a slow one, but I'm terrified of you I've been around for ages, but I'm terrified of you Run my thing across the stage, but yet I'm terrified of you I wait my whole the right one Then you come along And that brings me out I want to fight Dracula's wedding Uh, You know I'm terrified Uh, You know I'm terrified
2: Uh, You
0: know I'm terrified Uh,
1: Jelly Sandwiches, Brand Health.
3: Yo, this is singer-songwriter Antonio Magaha, and you are now tuned in to B-Radio.